Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Okay, guys, I have a special treat for you, but I wanted to introduce this one because I know this is the last week of our launch, Deeply Rooted. I am excited, but I wanted to save this one for last because my client, Elaine, she literally describes like that gap between where you are and knowing thought work and having done it and like what it feels like, even like in other coaching programs or in therapy or whatever, and where, where the disconnect was and how she was able to bridge that gap. Listen to her as she describes it as a stairwell. And they're like on this thing and they're saying, it's your thoughts, it's your thoughts, it's this. But yet she's on that bottom one and she just feels like there's this gap. I wanted this one to be the last one for this week because so many of us as high achieving women, we're in industries, we're sitting in meetings, like we're going to things and there just seems to be this gap of them and me, right? And I wanted her to describe it in her eyes, what happened and what the coaching did for her and how she navigated and how now she no longer feels that gap. So listen in as I discuss all thing gap (laughs) with one of my clients, Elaine. This is a good one, guys. All right. Hey guys, how are you? I'm sitting here on a Friday. Friday is podcast day. You know, I love having special guests. And today I have another guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I have a client, (laughs) one of my badass clients. And we're going to talk about all things self-coaching. I really wanted her on the podcast because she was such an example of leaning into the process of using the tools that we coached on. And then she would actually like implement them and go deeper and practice. And so I wanted her to give her feedback on how she did that, why she did it, what was she thinking, some of the tools she did so that we all can learn from it. So Elaine, introduce yourself. Or if you want to remain anonymous, we don't have to introduce you. I didn't even ask that part. No, I forgot about I that. I don't mind. Okay. Hi, Greg. My name's Elaine. And as you can tell from my accent, or maybe you can't, I'm from the UK. Mm, across the pond, as we see. From across the pond, <laughs> as we all say. Right. Yes. Yes. And it's, I don't even know if it's a pond. <laughs> it's a pretty big pond. And right. it's a pretty stormy pond at the moment because in the UK, we are currently being hit by storm Eunice, and she has arrived in a fiery, magnificent way. So uh, that's storm Eunice for you. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your journey. First of all, like, what brought you to even just start watching me? Not to actually set the appointment, but what brought you to like? Hmm, let me watch this girl. What's going on? Like, where were you? What were you thinking then? Okay. I think I'd gotten to a point where I had had some coaching before mm-hmm. and for other topics. And the experience that I was having from that, there was something else underneath the problem that I had. And I'd had that feeling for a good while. And I think I remembered listening to you one of your podcasts and what I will do is I will tell you I'll I'll go back and tell you the name I can't remember what it was right now and I just remember thinking this so describes me this so describes my brain and I just thought that I really do need to get to the bottom 
because I know other people say that you know if you do coaching on one thing it kind of resolves everything else but it was just not doing that for me at all and so I just really need to focus on the specific problem that to me that that what was underpinning everything and from that particular point I was going to be able to go forward but I just knew I had to focus on that one particular be very specific and attend to that one point and I just remember listening to a couple of your podcasts and it just felt like to me that I just needed to speak to you because you somehow seemed to to get it okay and I just thought okay cool let's let's try break yeah so let me stop you that that underpinning, like there's something underneath this. What did that feel like? What would you, how would you describe that? Like you were getting coached, but there was something underneath it. What do you mean by that? Describe that a little bit more. There was a lot of anxiety. I do remember that. There was a lot mm-hmm. of anxiety. Almost felt like, I wouldn't say not safe, but there was something around safety. I personally felt like I was just holding myself together, just barely holding myself together. And I'd always done, which was basically just keep moving forward, no matter what, just keep moving forward. But I kind of felt like me as a person was gradually eroding my life. The underlying anxiety was starting to become consuming, probably the best Mm -hmm. way to describe it. And so although I probably had the appearance of like coping, and doing really well underneath I just felt like one big hot mess gotcha yeah I literally felt like imagine somebody with lots of sticky tape and safety pins and all being held together that that's how I when I picture myself that's how I felt that's how I felt okay okay gotcha you said you like you had a feeling of unsafe and anxiety I remember us coaching one time and you said like people would tell me like when you were coach people would tell you like it's just your thoughts and you would be like okay what do I do with that yeah exactly I just think that for me because I I think that a lot of the people I've dealt with it kind of feels like there's this like a I see it as like a staircase or set of steps and it felt like other people's maybe base level was three or four steps higher up than me she felt like a lot of people are probably talking from a place of safety and they probably don't even realise that. So when they talk about a particular problem and they have a sense of knowing and they say things very matter-of-factly and it's like, well, okay, but I don't know what that means. So I remember that you're giving yourself such a hard time and I'm thinking, wow, okay, I always talk to myself like this so I don't know any other way to talk to myself and um, people used to talk about treat yourself with compassion and it's like well okay so what is compassion and so even the very basic it probably sounds very common sense to other people but there was a lot of words kind of I guess throwing at me or put at me and it almost felt as if I'm not going to say ridicule but it, I just didn't feel that I could Say so, and even at the times when I did say, okay, so what does this mean? What do you mean by that? A lot of people had problems. I don't say problems, but they couldn't articulate because it's something they knew, they intrinsically knew, but they weren't able to, for somebody who is on the outside, they weren't able to explain, well, okay, I mean this or I mean that. And so for me, so there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of frustration. And yes, there was a lot of feedback on, I'd say certain things and people would say, well, you know, that's a thought. That's just a thought. And I'm thinking, it may just be a thought, but it's my thoughts and I don't have any other thoughts. And then it'd be questions, okay, if these thoughts are not good thoughts or the right thoughts, where do I go and get some new thoughts? And so there was all this conversation about thoughts and feelings and actions. And I'm thinking, well, that's all very well. But there's something else underneath that. There's something else underpinning that. And that's what I felt. I just felt that I needed to get right back to, you know, like ground zero. I needed to source that gap, that hole, and then I could move forward. And I've just always felt that. Whenever I've spoken to anybody, it always felt like 
I was starting at the wrong point and that this gap that I could feel, I could sense, but I couldn't describe, I couldn't articulate, but I just had sensed it was there. I just I think what you're that doing to be sorted. Yeah. Like I let you go on because you described so brilliantly how I felt, so many other people feel. And I think the realization is like you was like, there was a knowing that they knew that you didn't know. There was a sense of safety that other people had that you didn't have. It's like you felt like there was a staircase, but they were literally like a couple of runs above you. Correct. Yeah. Not a problem, but there was like this gap. And I think you described that so beautifully because that's kind of how I felt too. It's like, why can't I just believe this is a thought? Like, why am I holding on to something so much? Why is it that when someone just gives it to me, I don't adopt it real easily, but I'm like fight with it and resistant. And I think it's like understanding our conditioning as Black women and then our specific issues as high achieving Black women, which compounds it because it's like, there are things that we have been conditioned for survival that keeps us on that bottom staircase and everybody else is on a third or fourth. And we're like, it is scary as fuck to take that leap and not understanding why I think is the key. Like, I think when we understand why there's that gap and why we fight with it. I think that's when it's like, oh, okay, now I can take the step. Because up until then, I'm scared as fuck to take that step. Like, what's going to happen to me? It feels so unsafe. That's exactly it. It really did. It took me a while to actually realize when I take a step back and look around at what's happened, that's exactly it. Everything that I did, I did without having a safety, that sense of safety. And so it Basically, there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of pressure that I put on myself. There was a lot of unkindness I put on myself. Just give myself a hard time. Really yeah. give myself a hard time because that's how I had been raised and that's how I knew how to show up in the world. And, and for me, it was just hearing other people say, well, you know, you're too hard on yourself. You have no compassion for yourself. It's like, well, okay then tell me what that is. And it really was just having that. It's also really interesting because when you see something that other people have and they other people have that sense of safety and they don't even know they have that sense of safety. Right. Because it's just so common. You know, it's something they've always had. Right. Um, but when I look at somebody, I'm thinking, okay, I guess your base, your, your ground zero is very different from mine. Yes, totally. I totally get that. Like that sense of compassion. What do you mean? Like, because we're not taught to be compassionate on ourselves. We're not taught to talk nice to ourselves or any of that. And you're like, what the hell is this? And your sense of safety is not my sense of safety. And I think as Black women, we are taught the opposite of safety. We're taught survival, definitely not safety. Yeah. And like when we get to a certain level, I think one of the reasons why we get to this level of high anxiety, like doubting ourselves and everything is because our nervous system is so wired by the time we get in our 30s or 40s or 50s, when we're starting to reach the levels of what we want, but yet we're still on high alert. But now there's even more shit to monitor. <laughs> exactly. And it is that because I just felt that the higher, you know, like I said, I rose up through banks work, it really did feel like, I was on high alert and I was very much reactive to a lot of things, sort of being proactive. And there was no safety. It really was a matter of survival and how that caused me to show up as a person with my family, with my friends, with my son, with my partner, my ex-partner. I look back and I just think that that was not good. It was not good at all. It was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And so not being able to articulate. Yes. I think one of the things I try to do is help us articulate or understand why we feel the way we do. I think with that understanding, it's like, oh, okay, I make sense. Like, I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. Then we get to like work on it. 
how did you feel at the beginning? Because I have a lot of clients that are exactly where you are, but at that beginning, it feels like so weird that I'm like, and go to yourself with love. And I'm demonstrating that to you and like compassion. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Right? How did you stay with it through it? Like what was going on in your mind? I think as well as talking, I think it's been able to see you offering comfort to yourself and that's I thought okay then so that's working for you let me try that and even talking to myself in that tone adopting the you know like finding the tone a kind tone and just working with that and that did feel strange it felt strange but I just kept with it I kept sort of like you know like the touch the reassuring and just keeping the tone and that started to help I mean one of the biggest things for me was that I had this sense of nobody's listening to me. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. Mm. But even I wasn't listening to me as well. Ooh, so that, so was, good. that was key. Right? And that, yeah, that, even I wasn't listening to me. And I think there's been a number of times when you've kind of stopped me there. And uh, when we used to coach and we used to talk, we used to have that feedback and you used to stop me and you start to me questions and I'd be looking at you blank and I'm thinking what does this woman want from me I'm just you know <laughs> like and then you you go but let's go back and think about what you've said and it took a couple of times but before the penny dropped and went, oh okay yes now I'm starting to understand now I'm starting to get this so I think the key thing for me really is that if I don't listen to myself, how on earth can I expect other people to want to listen to me? So that's yes. the biggest, for me, that was the big breakthrough. And also acknowledging, not just listening, but also acknowledging. Even if I didn't, so my brain would just give me some real strange right. bullshit and whatever. And being able to understand that my brain is just doing what it's supposed to do. It's here to help me to survive. It's here to give me all sorts of bits and pieces. But at the end of the day, my brain is just a thought-producing machine. That's all it's doing. (laughs) And it's up to me. And and that was the key thing. And so now coming back to everything else, once I'd actually created that sense of safety, and I'm able to create that sense of safety, I was then able to tune into me. And as I've been able to tune into me, now I'm being able to say, oh, yeah. So that is just a thought. And I get that. I, I'm really getting that. So I guess my safety net, I've created yeah. my own safety net. I didn't yes. have a safety net before. So I've created my own safety net. So I've created my own sense, um, you know, like feelings of safety. Um, yes. I don't need to look outside and I know when it's slipping and I know when it's going and it's like, okay, let's just recreate that. Let's just regroup, recreate and then move forward. And so that was a very, I guess, key and pivotal sort of like moment. Yeah. 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 The fact that you now know you create your own safety is huge, right? But I love the fact that you, us working together and me demonstrating love, compassion, kindness, how your brain is working. Like we didn't do anything really big. We just talked about your life every week. But I would offer you little tidbits of like, this is how like... Why are you being so hard on yourself? This is how and how to bring compassion and how to be kindness to it. I kind of look at it as like kids picking up a foreign language just by being in the presence, right? Like you pick it up. But for you, you had to be willing to like, well, let me try it. This feels weird, right? And go through that and then understand, wait a minute, I'm not even listening to myself because I would always like slow. That's the biggest thing I'm always telling all my clients is slow down, slow down, slow. What did you just say? To gain awareness of how you're even talking to yourself, where did that come from, right? I think that was brilliant awareness to understand like, wait a minute, I'm not even listening to me. I don't feel heard, but I'm not listening to me. (laughs) 
right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the beauty of it is, is honestly, Elaine, it didn't take long. I think within like two months of us working together, you were coming to the calls completely different. Yeah. I mean, I, I do remember the first calls mm-hmm. and I know there was, a, for me, there was a lot of impatience on my yeah. part. And I, I do know that. And I kind of felt... Which like, is like so common in my clients. Like when they're getting patient and they're like, this isn't and whatever. It's so common because our way of being is completely different than the way I'm like going with kindness and compassion. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, I want to get shit done. And what they don't understand (laughs) is like, this is how you get shit done. Like, it's not getting the shit done. It's not deciding. It's working on you because safe people are the ones like, I know you're going to get the shit done. That's not even a concern of mine, right? So I'm glad that you understood, like I was being very impatient and I'm okay with it. Like people come on and I'm like, here we go. No problem. Let's go. I hope that you didn't get a sense of like, I was challenged by it or something was wrong with it. I was like, yeah, of course. Right. It took me a few weeks to accept that because I've been coming and I'm thinking, there've been a couple of times thinking, oh my God, is this woman not going to move on? We're going over the same thing. I'm thinking, we've covered that point next and my thing is we've covered that point I get it next but bringing me back to that particular point and then breaking it down or um, you know unpacking it and doing that for the first couple of weeks although by the third week I think my brain was ready then to say okay then let's actually go through this and see what is happening here Let, let's actually engage with the actual process and that you just do that. And what um, made you do uh, that? Because, because it's, it's a completely different approach. What made you go, okay, let's just try the process? Well, A, I signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the number of times I've signed up for certain things and then I got to the point whereby within a couple of weeks, my brain just thinks, this is not it. This is not what I want. Right. And I kind of, for the first couple of weeks, I think I was tempted to do that. And then I thought, okay, we're here. Let's just throw down and let's just go through that process. And so I thought, okay, I did. And I also remember there's one point where I, I thought that we've talked about this enough and I'm sorted. And I remember, I think there's one session where we were talking about something and I think I glossed over a particular point. I think it was something that was a work-related issue and I kind of glossed over it. The tail end of the, the coaching session, we came back to that point, or you brought me back to that point. And it was actually quite interesting because it, I think it kind of felt like, I think because my brain was distracted, I'm, I'm going to describe it that way, or something was distracted because as soon as you ask me that question, or literally the real reason actually just came up, and I just thought, well, where did that come from? Mm. And the previous weeks we'd probably been, or I'd been skirting around or circling that particular thought. And I think that particular thought or just came up, and it's like, whoa, you know, like I didn't even know that thought was there. And I think at that particular point whereby maybe that was a catalyst and a lot of other thoughts came up and even like now even old thoughts mm-hmm. like wriggle right. bubble up come to the surface yeah but I also think there's the key thing for me is recognizing that those thoughts are there but I don't necessarily have to change them I just need to be aware that those thoughts are there. Yeah. And I think for me, that was key because it felt like there's nothing for me to fix. There isn't right. anything for me to fix. It's yes. just it's just those thoughts there. And I just need to be aware that that thought has been creating a feeling and action. And I'm aware of that thought. And when that thought comes up, the other thing as well that I didn't used to do was a thought would come up and I would never challenge that thought. Mm. So thought would come up and it would be, okay, 
and then challenging the thought and thinking, well, okay, but if, do I really believe that? Or and when I challenge the thought that I didn't believe, I said, well, I don't really believe that. That thought will just disappear. Or it would just come up and it would just, it would just disappear. And then other thoughts would come up and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I don't really believe that. And then I know people do this all the time, and I used to always wonder why they do this, but I can't actually see why they do it. It's like a little kid, your child, coming up and going, hey, mom, look at this. Uh-huh. And you just go, oh, okay, that's pretty. And they'd run away. Right. And, and what you're realizing is that your brain will be persistent about certain thoughts until you, because all it's basically just saying to you, really, right, what do you want me to do with this thought? And you can go, <laughs> We'll keep this thought or we can throw that thought away. And that's how I see my brain as my brain goes, well, what about this thought? And you go, yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll keep that thought. Well, what about this one? Mm, yeah, It's so old. Let's just throw that away. And so what I'm, you're basically describing yeah. is somehow you learned how to change your relationship. First of all, seeing that it was a thought was huge right? Like in the, for the first three or four weeks, you're like, what is this girl doing? Like we're talking about the same thing. And you're not the first client who's done this. This is a pattern that I see with my clients. It's like, this is what we're going to do. Like, it just doesn't feel earth shattering <laughs> until no, they get on the other side, right? <laughs> exactly. No, it, it doesn't feel earth shattering. And then we think the biggest change is, it's actually, um, what I'm going to do at the end of this call, I'm going to find a picture of uh-huh. um Somebody sent me, it's a diagram and it's called the big leap or the big change. Uh And then, so when you look at the big change, what you're actually doing is these tiny little steps. Right. All the way up. And so from where you start to where you end, in the background, you've taken all these little steps. But if I was to take a step back and look back, it just actually looked like it's a significant big big change, big leap. Right. So what was it about? Like the weekly coaching, why was that so important for this process? Why do you think? Because it kept it forefront. So I was even aware of me moving forward. Yeah. But we were moving forward, constantly moving forward. And then each time there'll be like a little, I guess, little bump or a little thing that would come up. And that yeah. would be like a big breakthrough, another breakthrough, and then we'd move forward, and there'd be another thing that come up, and then there'd be another breakthrough. And I think for me, we just kept going forward until we got to the point. It's got to be about three weeks ago now. So I always remember a little. I had a bit of a meltdown coaching with you, and I couldn't understand why all these thoughts come back. And I just remember you saying to me that. The thoughts are coming up now because your brain or you understand it's safe for these thoughts to come up. Yeah. And I thought, so once I actually understood that this is the reason why these thoughts are coming up, because it is safe, I do have that safety net and I am able to process those thoughts, you know, like, and if I ever felt unsafe, I just knew how to recreate it. So these thoughts are coming up and, and being able to come and look at these thoughts and be able to take a step back and not be consumed by those thoughts has actually been, certainly for me, has been quite big over the last few weeks. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are occasions where I still get consumed by thought and then it's only a matter of time before I actually realise that I'm being sucked down this, you know, that rabbit hole and it's like, okay, and I pop back up and I go, okay. And I do actually say something out quite loud. It's like people just say, what? And I'm thinking, it's, it's okay, I'm just... Having a conversation. I'm just, with I'm just my talking brain to here. my brain. Right. Exactly. Talking, yeah, yeah. Having a conversation with my brain. I'm just here. establishing authority again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It is exactly that. I do have to remind my brain that I'm back in the driving seat. I'm in the driving seat. Yeah. Every so often it will just try and. So and it is let me that. ask you was it a painful process? It's like explaining where you are now compared to where you were then. Like there was a big leap, but like you're saying, it was small. You just like, let me just do it. Every day we coached on it a little bit. Was it a painful process? What was like, because I basically just demonstrated how to coach yourself, how to treat yourself, how to love yourself. 
with the understanding of our conditioning as black women, bringing that up, of course you think that way. Like, why wouldn't you think that way? This is how we've been conditioned and like understanding that, like, what was that? Okay. So I think the first part of it Mm -hmm. wasn't painful. And I think the reason why it wasn't painful is because I wasn't engaging in that. Mm. But there was one week whereby it was painful. And then basically you just said to me, but you just gave me the process of how to handle that pain, give yourself 15 minutes, cry your eyes out, right? Have all the thoughts and then just bring it to a close. And I did actually do that. And I I think the reason why I didn't want to go there is because I actually thought I was going to be so consumed, so engulfed by all this pain coming up. And I do actually remember sort of like, thinking, okay, fine, you know, like, these thoughts are coming up, bubbling up, and I kept thinking, okay, we're going to go there. And it's a bit like sort of like when you you dive into like a, a swimming pool and you think mm-hmm. you're going to, you're diving and you think you're never going to come back up. And I do actually remember sort of like in the midst of all that crying and blobbing and whatever, there was a thought that came up that thought, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> Never is, right? <laughs> I have that little, I do remember having that thought. In the midst of that, this little crying, mm-hmm. sobbing my heart out mm-hmm. and whatever, and just allowing myself to just engage in that thought and immerse myself in that feeling, the thought was, it's not as consuming, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I think after that, And I think that for me, that was definitely the point whereby I can now say that I am able to engage with the feeling. There have been many times when whereby I would not, there would be that disconnect between the block. I'm not even sure if it's resistance, but it was definitely a disengagement of the feeling. It was almost like, you know, like there's a wall. Yeah, I think for us as Black women, we've been conditioned not to be in our bodies. Our bodies are not safe. Our bodies weren't ever ours. Our bodies was everybody else. It was property. Like our bodies was the thing that got us in trouble. Our bodies, like feeling our emotions, we can't. Because if we feel our emotions, I may cuss you out and that's not safe, right? Like if I literally feel my anger, I may do something, we think, right? So we squash, we suppress. And so it is so uncomfortable for us to like get into our bodies and feel our emotions. I think you were so willing to like practice everything that we worked on. Like I would demonstrate, we would talk, you would come back and you was like, I did it. I did my journaling and I felt it. And you really took on how to redirect and how to talk back to your brain. All the little tools that I teach, like you actually practice. Every week, I just saw you as like less anxious, more authoritative, like more empowered. Same world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Same world. But there was this strength that was always there that just started rising out from you. What comes up for you when I say that? I do agree because when I, I look at how I've been showing up for myself at work. Mm-hmm. And there would have been some occasions whereby I probably wouldn't have said certain things, you know, like stood up for myself. I probably would have just kept quiet, would have been like, trying to keep myself small, gone under the radar, that sort of thing. Yeah. And now I'm articulating and I'm, I'm feeding back certain things. And I also, you know, what you've said really, uh, when I go into a call as well, I do kind of remind myself that it's okay for them to be wrong about me. Yeah. Um, I hold my own. I go in there and I just be me. And sometimes the me is quiet and sometimes the me is loud. But I'm, I'm just me and I have things to say. Yeah. And I say them. And sometimes some people will agree with me and some people, mm-hmm. sometimes people don't agree with me. And that all of that's okay. It really is okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. And I think because like that self-generated safety is so important because when we go around asking 
communities to make us safe, our employers to make us safe and everything. Like we're dependent on other people doing some shit. But when we create that inward out, then it's like, no, there here's some boundaries and I'm going to say what I need to say. But I love the fact that you said the one thing that every Black woman wants to be able to do, which we all get to do, which is I just get to be me. Mm, I get to be me. Right? What's and all. Yeah, and that's such a freeing experience, actually. Yeah. Just to be able to say that I get to be me. Mm-hmm. I am me and I show up as me. Right. And there's going to be some people that don't like that and that's cool that's fine yeah one of the things i always say is like safe people do epic shit like we're creators like we get to go do some things so what do you imagine now that you've done this work we're not finished yet i think we still have a couple of months like we'll not finish with our our coaching but like what do you imagine being able to do now that you couldn't do is this underneath current that you said is it gone Like, do you know how to deal with it? Is it a change in relationship? And now, what do you think you're going to be able to do now that you've kind of dealt with it? Okay, so one of the things for me as well is that some of the the creative element is starting to come back. Mm, Um, In terms of like the thinking, like the ideas, some ideas, and even like wanting to sort of like explore in terms of like, journaling and writing so there is that um I mean there is the the work that I do and one of the things that for the work that I do is that Mm -hmm. there's a big element of problem solving and I'm able to get really creative with that Mm -hmm. but the other thing as well that popped up in my um I don't know where this came from but I have this I write down on my journal and I just remind myself every single day is that I give my brain the right problem to solve. And that's what I am doing. I'm giving my brain the right problem to solve. That is so, so good. Say that again. Like, really, like you give your brain the right problem to solve. Yeah. I love give that. My brain the right problem to solve. I've just no idea where that came from, but it's on my little book. It's beautiful. And I just remind myself, yeah. Give my brain right. the right problem to solve. Because like we can't solve being black. Sorry, that's who we are. We can't solve our age. Sorry, that's what it is. I can't solve like my body composition, what I look like up to a certain point, right? Like I can't solve what other people think of me. (laughs) There's so many things that I can't solve, but if I'm trying, like all of my energy is spent trying to solve shit I can't solve, that's wasted energy. Exactly. It's wasted energy and there's, I could be using that energy on things that I can solve. Yes, and that's, and that's the where thing, the anxiety yeah. is coming from. It's like, I'm trying to solve shit. I can't see how to solve. I can never solve for being black. I'm sorry. I can never solve for being woman. I can never solve for being 57. I can never solve. Like there's some things I could never solve for. And if that's the problem, my brain is like trying to go back when I was a fetus or something like wish I had a different mom and daddy or something like, it's just no way as opposed to solving things that create a better future for me, like putting your energy there. So you saying like, I'm more creative now I'm problem solving differently. Now it's because of that capacity. Like you've decreased your cognitive load. Like we don't understand the load of being black female and high achieving, that's a huge load for us cognitively, right? Because half the time we're like, how did you think that? What are you doing? We're like, what do you mean by that? Or we're on high alert. Am I in danger here? I'm in danger here. What do you mean? Like we're always reading and seeing. And when we can take even half of that energy and use it to creating, it's amazing that we get as much shit done that we do like we literally only have 10 or 20% of our brain really working on the problems at any given time. But yet we're operating higher than most. Imagine what will happen if we reduce that cognitive load, right? 
and give our brain, I love that, give my brain problems it can solve. Beautiful. (laughs) I couldn't have said it any better. Anything that you want to bring to the conversation that I didn't ask you of, like a, a mind drop that you were like, oh, and this was pivotal for me? I think we've kind of covered, I mean, for me, I mean, I can look back and I can see the pivotal moments. I can see that. And I can also see, for me, the last few weeks, how I've been showing up, like I said, to myself. And I can see why you did what you did in terms of like the the journey that you brought, you know, that we've traveled. And it doesn't involve like worksheets, like there's not a to-do list. It's not that. It's literally helping you change your relationship to yourself. And we just coach. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and that's the other thing as well, really, though. And having said that, though. Uh-huh. You said there's not loads of worksheets and everything. I mean, I'm kind of glad there isn't because if there was, I probably still wouldn't do it anyway. But it right. kind of felt like, hold on a minute, you're not giving me loads of worksheets. Every right. other person I've worked with got loads of worksheets. So where's right. my worksheet? Even though right. I knew I wouldn't have done them anyway. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Like for me, because when I used to, I did try worksheets with a couple of clients and all I would do is spend my time coaching on why they didn't get the worksheet done. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't get the worksheet done. I was like, I am no longer coaching on why you didn't get the fucking worksheet done. And here yeah. we are, like you're high achieving women. I know my market. I'm coaching high achieving women. Y'all would try to do it to the perfection or beat yourself up. And I just didn't want another tool for you to beat yourself up with. I knew you coming up with your brain is enough. That's all I need is your brain. You are enough. And all I need to do is like help you with it and make it as simple as possible. And if you stick with me. (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, I do agree with you. Even when we have the conversations and I go away and then I can, you know, like think about certain things that we've said, and then like sort of like days later, things will bubble up. Yeah, it's a very different process, very different from what I expected. But then having said that, I have got what that I came for. So although it's not what I expected, I've left, you know, like I've gone through this and I am coming out of it with what I wanted, which is hold that gap, that feeling that I had kind of, you know, like taken care of. And being able to move forward. And I can I can now go back and look at some of the other coaching materials that I had mm-hmm. and that they are starting to make sense. And the other thing as well, really, um, that is really another pivotal moment for me, I always say, is that my sense of intuition, that voice. Mm. Now I am listening to that voice more. Yeah. And when that voice tells me something is not right, I am, you know, I am listening to that voice and I will unpack it and think, okay, so why do I feel that? And that's also been really good as well. Because it's not just been doom and gloom, there's been some good moments as well. So my voice of intuition is coming back. Right. Um, It's like once we have safety, safety creates self-trust. Like I trust myself now, right? Like we've never been taught to trust ourselves. We've been taught to do anything but trust ourselves. You're going to get yourself in trouble is what we've been told. (laughs) Exactly. Your fast tail going to get yourself in trouble is what we've been told, right? A hard head make a soft behind. You know, like I said, safety, self-trust. And self-regulation, right? Safety, self-trust, and self-regulation, which the self-regulation is, you're okay. The compassion, of course you feel that way, right? Taking your nervous system from way up here to way down here. Like, I know exactly what we're doing. I just don't use all the big words and the big terms. I don't think that's necessary, right? I know I'm actually helping you recreate new neural pathways and I know it takes time and I know it takes repetition, but I also know I need your buy-in. And the thing that you gave more than anything, Elaine, was you were bought in. Even when you were like, this bitch is kind of crazy. I don't know what's she doing, (laughs) doing the same thing. Didn't we just talk about this last week? Like you chose buy-in, right? 
And so really the transformation is yours because had you not done buy-in, you like, you wouldn't have gotten it. So I congratulate you on like listening to your intuition on maybe she's going to say it differently. And I think you're correct. I think there is that gap for us. And for me, it's like, once we fill the gap, put me in with anybody else and I can go. I just needed to understand that gap. Like literally, that gap was the thing that I was like puzzled. I'm like, what the hell is this? And so that's why I created the way I coach and how I coach because I felt that gap and I had to coach myself from it. I'm literally like, how are you doing this? And I'm not, why am I not thinking that thought? Like I just kept going back and I'm like, oh, I know why I'm not thinking that thought because hell, I was told this, I was taught that. And that's how it came about. But I love it. And I love the fact that we get to do it in a group setting now. What do you think that's going to do for it now? Well, for me, it takes it to the next level because we're all we're all at that point now that where most coaching will start. So you've brought us to that that level, mm-hmm. and now we can then move off. And then, and I think it's a shared experience, really, isn't it? Because I'm always fascinated when. I hear somebody else say something. I think, oh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I think when you're coming from a different place or from a different point, some people just don't realise that people like me need to be walked through that process. We won't always need it, but if I'm going to get from here to there... Yeah, I've got to fill in that gap. Yeah, I've just got to do it, yeah. For sure. I think the other thing about group is... There's that shared, oh, you do that too. Oh, you have that too. So now you're like, oh, nothing really is wrong. Like we know nothing's wrong with us, but like kind of, but now it's like, oh, this isn't a me thing. This is a we thing. This really is conditioning, right? And watching someone else get coached on something that you didn't even realize you do is game changing. It's like now you're getting coached on shit that you didn't even know, as opposed to having to wait for something to come up for that to come. It's like, wait a minute. I do that too. I didn't even know. Right. It's like learning off of other people's like those bought lessons. And then there's not every lesson we have to buy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that to me is a key thing really is hearing somebody say, yes, I do that too. That's what's happening for me as well. Whereas, I mean, I have worked with other coaches before and I've been in the same group and with other women who are coaches. And it is really off-putting hearing people be very positive. And I know that sounds horrible and sounds wrong, but if all these people are articulating that, you know, like being positive, then how on earth are you going to understand me when I'm not in the same place that, you know, like I want to be with somebody who is the same level as me so we can go the same journey. And that's what made me realise if I'm around, surrounded by all these people who are, Talking all this positivity, it doesn't make me feel safe to be able to express how I truly felt. And that was a key thing for me as well. Okay, got you. Yeah. Love it. Anything that you want to say to the person who is thinking about, like, maybe, should I, would this work? Just say, go for it. You're not (laughs) going to regret it. Just go for it because it's not until until you come through it and you're looking back and you think, okay, this is what I needed. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to get it straight away. And that's fine. But just give yourself that chance and that opportunity to go through it and come through the other side and be able to look back and see, yes, this is definitely what I needed. You need to do. So good. So good. Thank you. I appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you. I thank enjoyed you. working with you. And I'm so glad. Like, I think we still have time too. So I can't wait to see where we go from here. See, I never even knew that you were like, this girl's crazy. We coached on this. Like, I never saw that part. I I saw the anxiety and the impatience, but I never saw that part. Usually I call it out when I see it. And I'm like, we don't have to do this. (laughs) Because I know there's that willingness. And so I'm like, we don't have to do this. If they're not ready, I'm totally okay with like, it's okay, right? But what I saw was you just like head in, 
And then as you went head in, each call, your anxiety went down and down. Your power came up and up. You were speaking with so much more authority and strength. And by three months or four months, I was like, who is this woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So good. All right. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to actually talk through the process. It's been, it's just been really great. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And I know I let you talk because I know you're helping a lot of people with this one. It was like, hear it in your words. Yes. I know you're helping a lot of people. You're not the only one. All right. All right. Okay. Bye for now. All right, guys. We're still taking applications. Go to brickjohnson.com backslash group to apply. Find out all the details of Deeply Rooted, the group coaching program, specifically for high-achieving Black women. Application open now, and we close March 31st, Thursday, March 31st. So if you're listening to this, there's still time, as long as it's not after March 31st. (laughs) 2022, just in case you're listening to this at another time. And if you are, check at the group because they will always be a wait list and we'll let you know when we're opening up again. So either we're open now or there will be directions in a time frame or when the next group will open. All right. Submit your application. Would love to read and hear all about you. And let's do some epic shit together. Let's create some things. I don't care what it is. An amazing relationship. Okay. An amazing relationship with yourself. Okay. An amazing body. Okay. An amazing career change. Okay. Make lots of money in your business. Fantastic. What is it that you want? A book. No problem. We're going to work together. We're going to get some shit done but we're going to take care of all of those balls and chains that are making our road heavy. We're going to cut them, saw them off. We're going to do this together. You got till March 31st and our bonus ends March 18th. Check out the group page to see what the bonus is. All right. See you guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to brickjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. Brickjohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.